You are listening to the Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Greetings, Boo Ray. What's the deal with people making videos for Facebook, etc. while driving? You know what? It's funny because I have a couple of friends that do this. And yeah. My friend um, and, and listener and friend of the show, Kevin Landers, often does that. Right. Like he'll just be driving around, talking to Facebook Live. And I'm thinking, I think that's insane almost. Like, Yeah, it, isn't it? I it, think it's, it's a little... It's dangerous, right? But, but what's the... Why? Why do, they, why do they decide to do it then and not just... Because I, th- I think I know why. I don't think they know why. Because being in the car is boring. And it gives you something to do. Because it's a good, it's uh, in a time management aspect from the aspect from the perspective of time management, it's it's a pretty good idea. Because what else are you doing while you're driving? I think that's true, but I think the side effect is that when you're driving and talking to someone, you're expected to pause because you're paying attention and you're multitasking. Mm. And so when you're making a video, one of the hard things to do when you're making a video and you're just talking to the camera and you're not somebody who does it for a living, it's very hard to just talk to the camera and be personable to the camera and then not become very aware of what you're doing. Hmm. Very aware of your talking See, and the uhs and the ahs and the, <laughs> and the geeky little things that you do. But when you're doing it while you're driving, your mind is so occupied with the driving part about, that you're not thinking about all that stuff and you can just talk. I think it's conducive, but I think what it really is is that um, we are terrified in this. Uh, we, we are overrun with media all the time from every angle. We have, we're always listening to something, watching something, doing something, interacting with something. And the car... You have, well, think about what would happen in your brain if you sat in the car driving with no music, no nothing, not talking to anybody by yourself, just with your own thoughts. Like I think I do it all the time. It's existential dread. We just realize how sad yes. and alone we all are, and you might just break down and cry and then crash into a tree. You know? I just replay every argument I've ever had. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> I should have said. I have about a half a dozen right. like greatest hits. Right. arguments in my mind right. like or, or arguments that, that i know i'm going to have like you know like there's one or two things that i uh, that i that i uh, argue about all the time with people like i have a, a strong opinion about a or b or c so i form that opinion and what's the best way for me to present that opinion the next time i get that's into why that you're discussion. always ready to go when i talk to you is because yeah. you've already had this conversation yes i've had that conversation <laughs> two or three days. we had a conversation before uh, before the show and i what i was saying to you was just re, re-spitting out something i thought about while driving my daughter to dance yeah it's um yeah. if you think about like the sort of maybe six to ten greatest hit situations where I didn't say the thing that I wanted to say right. or I didn't think of it there on the spot. And so a lot, I'll be like in the shower, driving, anything where my mind's occupied doing a muscle memory kind of mundane task. And I will have that. Like I do it. I found I, I talk in the bathroom and I catch myself doing it sometimes. Yes. I'm like, oh, I talk in the if – I'm, if I'm riding without the radio and stuff on, I will absolutely talk out loud while I make my point. I think that I'll be like, and here's the problem with that. You and I think the people next door must think, oh, he's just speaker phoning. No, <laughs> I'm just talking. Thank God for technology, because if it was a horse and buggy, they just yeah. think you were insane. But I absolutely talk out loud because hearing myself say it, it makes it. I can hear if it sounds good. Is there a, is Wait. there a small possibility that we're mentally ill? Yeah, no, I think I, I think a lot of people do it. <laughs> I do, I do. But also, I wonder with the whole making the videos in the car thing, if there is isn't also a little, if it isn't a little bit of a marketing. And again, maybe they don't know, but maybe they saw other people doing it. They thought that's cool. And I do it. But also you're on the go, man. You're a mover and a shaker. 
I don't have time to just sit and talk on my phone to all you folks out there. I'm out there. I'm doing my so thing. If I I'm did going. It, you know, everybody would just ah. know I drive a minivan and there's a car seat well, in the back. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You're like I'm so busy. You know, especially if you're if you're a person who's talking about you know achieving or talking about work and and, and that sort of thing. It's you know I'm a, I'm a goer. I'm a mover. I'm you know yeah. you give well, the you impression that, of somebody um, who's busy. Have you ever heard of Gary Vaynerchuk? He's like um, no. he's like a He's a, he's a social media guru. He's like a modern day. He's a social media scruffy hoodie wearing version of like Tony Robbins. He's huge okay. on social. He's always making these videos from like the back of taxi cabs with his phone and stuff. He's like, I'm going from place to the other and make your Fridays or make your Mondays, Saturdays. And I don't know. He's like the Chris Angel of positive reinforcement. <laughs> <laughs> he looks. I mean, he. I mean, he's covered in crosses. He's got some genuinely good advice. I'm not going to badmouth the guy, but he looks like a guy that you probably would uh, be suspicious if he walked into your jewelry store. You know what I mean? He like so racist, yeah. Gary Hughes. He's white. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying it's okay. I do hate white people, yeah. so that's completely accurate. <laughs> I totally hate white people. Right. All right. No. So, so what is he do? What's his thing? Uh, what's his thing? Well, he just is always in the. You know, oh, he's always in the back. I don't know that he has ever actually done anything. I think he's just a guy who makes a lot of videos and he's extremely popular, <clears throat> like millions of followers. Does he stuff. wear those shirts uh, that are popular now with the guys? Where like uh, like the kind of shirt that uh, Dee Snyder was wearing when we photographed him in Las Vegas. Well, you make us sound so important. It, it, no, is there a name for that type? Do you know what I'm talking about? It'd be like a black shirt, and it's got a design just all over it, like a fleur de lis, and a million other designs, all you know, swirls <laughs> and eagles, and it's all no, just no, all no. designed up. You know the type of shirt I'm talking about, no, right? No, Gary Vaynerchuk is like he he he's just got like a t-shirt on all the time. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, but I'm talking. But let's talk about that shirt though. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, which is like it'd be like a black t-shirt or what, and it's just got tons of just design all over it, just like white and gray, it's like a douche shirt, and it's yeah. a whole, and it's got a whole you know thing, and you have to really stare at it to figure out what it is. Yeah, and it's so all, the shirt yeah, that's like, I hate that shirt. Yeah, I hate it. I hate them all. Yeah, I hate, I hate it's that. It's part shirt. of the douchebag uniform. I swear to God, it really is. Yeah, I, I see them. And and if you go to a store, to a, a menswear store with a big menswear department, half the shirts now are that style. Yeah, people hate on Ed Hardy, not Ed Hardy the artist, but Ed Hardy's line, the line of clothing put out by whoever, whatever stupid company puts those out, and like tap out T-shirts and Affliction T-shirts and all the super embroidered with skulls and wings, yeah. and stuff like, yeah. And people people hate on those, but here's the truth. It really does help you figure out who the douchebags are. It, it really does. You go like, hey, that guy, so like I see a shirt like that and with like the super pointy shoes right. and like the po- the back pockets with all of the, the, the embellishments and like the, the, the bedazzled back pockets right. on the dude. I go, we're not going to be friends. And let me tell you this, too. Except for Richard Sturdivant, I love your bedazzled pockets. I can, I can let a few things go. I can let the, the, the shirt go a little bit. Maybe, maybe you got to one too many leather wristbands. Yeah, <laughs> Blu-ray. I, I wear three. Yeah, well, one more would put you over the top. There you go. You're right at the there's a limit. Of wristbands. There's a limit, uh, and uh, I can I can let all of that go. But if you're wearing a ring that is a skull, you better be a biker. I'm just saying, you, you better be a you, biker. It, it, and it, I don't mean own a motorcycle. You better be in a motorcycle gang. Unless that skull belonged to a pygmy that you killed in a drug war, or your pet hamster, something. Mm-hmm. There's no reason any grown man. She'd be wearing a ring with a skull on it. Yeah, I, I, like you know Johnny Depp. Well, what, we don't need. Uh, you don't need to be wearing a skull ring unless you are currently in the role of Captain Jack Sparrow. I don't understand what. What does it say? What are you saying when you when you go with the skull ring? What are you trying to project? 
I honestly can't say. Yeah, that's what I know. I don't. Like, I don't know what that Tommy means. Tommy Toughnuts or something. I don't know. Like, does it? Is that because it's? Is it? Well, for when I punch people, we know that's not happening. Um, is it? I I'm really a big fan of what's the Mexican holiday where everybody Dia de los Muertos. I love that you knew that. Yeah, yeah. that's not that uh, uncommon of a thing to know. But yeah, please. Continue. I can't even say it, let alone remember. Dia it. de los Muertos. There you go. Then, and that's the the Day of the Dead. The Day of the Dead. It's right. remembering those who have died. And okay. It, and if you remember those who have died, then they continue to live on in in. in Fantastic. Whatever level of the underworld where happy people are. But the last James Bond movie yeah. uh, had a whole thing that took a, man, a big helicopter battle on the Day of the Dead. Spectre. Again, yeah. but why? I, but that, that, even that doesn't make sense. Oh, I wear the skull ring to uh, remember my mother. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, not, not going with that either. Like, it's, it's July 12th. Why do you? It's Dia de los Muertos is months away. What are you doing? I just don't get The <laughs> skull ring to me is a deal killer. Everything else is fine. You can the shirt I can overlook, the wristbands I can overlook. Also the mascara. I'm not going to go with the I'm not going to overlook the mascara. It's a lot of these things in combination though. Like if you got, you know, you dress kind of normal and then you got like the bedazzled jeans on the back pockets and I go Maybe his just wife bought him, and he wears them because whatever. Right. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna let that go. Like I'm, I'm wearing the wristbands, not that I'm the, fa- but I'm not wearing the other stuff. Not that I'm the fashion police or anything like that. Right. You know, I'm not exactly a fashion plate, but I'm saying like there's a certain level of dressing where it's like. Uh, and, and you're trying too hard to look like you're a badass. Yes. You know, you either are a badass or you're not a badass and you're just a guy. There's nothing wrong with being a guy. Yeah. Just being a regular dude. It's okay. It's if you're totally Paul Sr. on American Chopper. <laughs> that's whatever you want to do. Yeah. You can wear whatever you want to do. Because that's totally you. you know? That's right. But, uh, you know, it's <laughs> it, 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 otherwise, no. Yeah. Uh, and, but the skull ring to me, that's the true deal killer. That's when you've gone too far. Yeah, well, I, I think it's with the, the skull and wing embroidered dress shirt right. with the bedazzled jeans and the pointy shoes and, and, and the earring that, you'd never, that you never took out after it was cool in the late right. 80s. Right, right. I had the earring in the 80s and yeah. I don't wear it anymore. Exactly. I had two and I don't wear them anymore. <laughs> just the earring in one ear. You know? Okay, yeah. oh, you know what? I have a question. Who, who wears an earring in just one ear? Besides, well, back in the day, you did. Yeah, I mean, it was in the. I'm 80s. not a fan of the two of the, of the uh, earring in both ears for guys. I'm just not a fan. I had it. I had plugs did in you? both ears, so you can still see the holes. Plugs? What do you mean? You mean you mean you had? The they big... were stretched out into big holes. You had that? Yeah, I did. Oh, Gary, what are you doing? When I was that's I, crazy with the plugs. When I was a musician. Oh my god! Yeah, it was cool. with the plugs. It was, it was like 2001, and I had big holes in my ears, and they're gone. I took them out. I went back to work. I joined the joined the civilian. Because if world you didn't take them out, eventually, wouldn't it be you know they get stretched out? No, they're fine. They feel, but nobody would hire you. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I couldn't get a job. At least not one that paid decent. You know. Here's a thought. All right. And you know, and maybe this is too personal. Mm-hmm. At the time, I couldn't get a job. Now it's a lot more acceptable. Right. Please continue. And it's okay if, if I should have. Asked you this off mic. Okay. I've never seen you wear shorts. I'm wearing them right now. Are you? Yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I almost never see you wear shorts. Look under this very. Yeah, are you wearing table. Table. Yeah, there you go. Look, you can see how oh, pale my legs are. You are wearing shorts. I am wearing but shorts. I was thinking about that today when you were coming. I was thinking, I don't know what, you know, you know, you know what it was. I was folding up my laundry and I was thinking, <laughs> You were I, thinking about I, me? No, because I, I, got, I was thinking, I was thinking, yeah, I'm thinking I got to do the show today. And I was thinking, I own. I, all my I, every pair of shorts I own is cargo shorts, and there's a huge backlash against cargo shorts. It is a very hip right now to hate on cargo to hate shorts. on cargo shorts. And and I thought, well, I, maybe I'll mention that on the show. Uh, I wonder if Gary has that problem. And then I thought, I don't know that I've ever even seen Gary wear shorts, and you're actually wearing shorts today. I, I have three pairs. There you go. And none of them are cargo shorts. Well, these are technically, but these are Columbia, and I wear these when I shoot outside. Like I had right. an, I had an architectural shoot this morning. 
And so, like, I keep Why, extra uh, batteries in pockets. I, I read a whole article about the cargo shorts and the women trying to get rid of the cargo shorts from their husband and their husbands fighting to keep the cargo shorts. Yeah, I mean, if it, if it was a problem, I would... I like the cargo I'm shorts. I'm totally okay with that. Although way. I've never put anything in the cargo pockets ever. Exactly. The reason we like the cargo shorts is because they're impossible to iron, which means we can get away with the whole fact that they're not ironed. If you wear shorts that can be ironed, well, then if they're wrinkled, you're just a slob. I don't think I've ever ironed a pair of shorts in my bloody life. No. No, but if you had regular, like, long, nice shorts and they were super wrinkly like cargo shorts are, then it would just be, yeah, hey. look, Yeah, it looked like a hobo. Right. But cargo shorts are supposed to look that way. Do you want to have a whole conversation about why, why people should pull their pants up? I saw that today. <laughs> coming, back, coming back from breakfast today, <laughs> like, that's not I saw a guy walking down the street with the, whole, with the pants really low. Yeah. I thought that was over. It is. Much like the 55-year-old man who's still wearing his earrings that's what from I'm the 1980s. That's what I'm saying. When I saw that guy, I thought, is that guy, are the kids looking at that guy going, look at that old dude with the pants down? <laughs> Like that <laughs> literally is the truth. It's literally yeah. the truth. Like you're no, still doing the pants down thing. It's like teenagers now with like, you know, the young kids and their pants are pulled up and their clothes fit properly. And they're like, right. look, they're looking at guys who in their 40s now that are just wearing their pants down on the back. So he's going, that guy's so old school. <laughs> yes, I'm wondering. Like black socks and, and yeah. on white shoes or whatever. That's like the old school now thing. Yeah, it is old school. Hey, we all did a little bit because I grew up in the era where that that was like... It's just you just didn't wear your pants on your waist, and they're varying degrees of it. But you know, the low waisted pant was that was my generation, right? And so you know, and I'm fine with that. But you know, it's you know, fashion changes, and you know, well, I, I'm I usually back, ten years behind anyway. When but, I look back at my high school, college, early twenties type thing, I look at the eighties, and I am uh, forever uh, blown away about the fact that I thought those things were attractive, not just on men, but on women. Because when I was like out of high school and, and into college and stuff, women were wearing the jeans that, that the, the waist came up to just basically the belly button. just a little bit below the breast was where the waist were on the pants. Just yeah. incredibly high. High-waisted high. jeans are back in. Incredibly high. And they're just ugly. As they're back be. in. They're awful. They're in. They're awful. People are wearing them all the time, high-waisted jeans. Although you notice the high waist. With the shorts, you see a lot of high-waisted shorts, and now the bottoms yes. have gone up along with the top, so they're just really like they go up to the belly button, but they, the butt hangs out. Well, let's just have a rule now about if, if you're, if you're, where your hip bones are, there should not be more fabric above the hip bone than there is below. I'm not willing to make any rules because it just doesn't concern me that much. Although I do know people that like get really aggravated about how people dress. Like, right. what's wrong with kids? I'm like, I don't know, man. People thought what you wore when you were yeah. kid was stupid, well, yeah. too. So everybody yeah. calm down, you know? Yeah. Although, I have to say, I like the 80s fashion. Some of it I do. I like big hair. I like acid wash jeans. I like infinity <laughs> collars on a man's sweater. I'm right. a big fan of the 80s, man. Some of it I liked. Some I like. Some of it was all I right. I like polos, dude. I dig it. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I like brightly colored socks. You know, I like all that stuff. I, I and it's varying bits of it have come back around in the last thirty years. But I dig it, man. I watch stuff from the eighties and go, man, they look good. You know what I loved back then, and then I didn't like it when it changed. But now I'm okay, kind of with the change. And that was the, the mullet when you had to cut your mullet. Off. I had the mullet, yeah. <laughs> but no, that was the and you see this in bikinis and you see it in women's underwear. But remember, in the eighties, bikinis and women's underwear, the the on the side it would come way up. 
like it was like a huge V. It would come, the, the straps would go way up over oh, yeah, the hips yeah, and yeah. come like, like in the Borat movie. And yeah. then like in the, yeah, and then like in the 90s or in 2000, we went back to the 70s Cheryl Teague look of where like the, the strap just goes straight across your hips. Right. Which I just didn't think was flattering to a woman. I thought it might. Do you like the, high, the Baywatch? I liked the Baywatch. The Baywatch I liked the high strap. I thought it, it was more curvish and everything. But now I've come back around and now when I see that every once in a while, I'm like, oh, that's just too much. Nah, I don't know. Because again, it was like basically, it was like your bikini bottom was almost a pair of suspenders. I, I it just, went so high. I just wear them because they're comfortable. There you go. It gives me a greater range yeah, of motion yeah. when I do Indian leg wrestling. We should talk about... <laughs> <laughs> I think the emphasis should have been on the first word. It's Indian leg wrestling as opposed to Indian leg wrestling. Because Indian leg wrestling makes it sound like there's other types of Indian wrestling. <laughs> Well, there are Indian arm wrestling. I just the way you say you go Indian have leg ever, wrestling. Have you ever done like a- there's a whole series of wrestling Indian wrestlings, and this is the leg version. Have you ever done Australian arm wrestling? Uh, no, I can't say I have. Okay, okay. This is it's actually it's a joke, so you can play this on your friends if you're out drinking, or if you got if there's a guy who's drunk and obnoxious, it's a great just single out that truck obnoxious guy and do this. So what you do is you teach him Australian arm wrestling. So like you put your hands out in front of you, like with your fist up towards the ceiling, almost right. like you're doing a double uppercut. And that's what you want that guy to do. You rest your hands over top and you push down and you say, okay, so you push up, I push down. <laughs> I see where this is going. <laughs> and then you just wait until the tension's really, really strong and he's pushing up really hard. Then you move your hand and he double punches himself in the face. Like that's Australian arm wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of an appropriate reply in an Australian accent, and then deciding I don't do an Australian accent. Where's Derek when you? So need I'm him? just not going to even try. <laughs> not even. Not even going to go there. Okay. All right. Are we going to talk about photography? At yeah. All? Let's do we something. Should, didn't you say you had a question or something you want you that uh, somebody had sent in that you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Melissa? It was one. It was about taking walk-ins, and I thought that that was like an interesting question. And I'm just looking that up now. By the way, while you look that up, I will say this. I've mentioned on the show many times before that uh, Wired Magazine has some great photography. In the latest issue of Wired Magazine, they do an article where they interview a couple of their photographers and they show before and after product shots that were done for the magazine, where the photographer deconstructs it and talks about this picture of ice cubes falling into a glass that I did for the magazine. They're doing that in Wired Magazine? In Wired Magazine. It looks like something you'd read in popular in professional photography. That's awesome. Yeah, the guy's like, he was like talking about how, you know, um, he actually he said, in Photoshop, you want to raise your whites. He goes, it's not really something you notice until you do it, but the white in the ice cubes is not really a pure white. So you want to raise your whites in Photoshop to get a pure white in those ice cubes. It looks better. And I'm like, what magazine is this I'm reading? Yeah, that's It was awesome. Wired Magazine. I'll see if I can find that Yeah, article. Wired Magazine we'll has a whole on article on, on product shots. Okay, so I got a question here from uh, Janessa. And she says, hey, Gary, hope you don't mind me bothering you. For the last year, I've hoped to have a studio location that was outside of my house. Uh, in regards to that, I have one quick question for you. Do you take walk-ins? And if so, how do you manage that when you are shooting out of the office? And um, the answer is, I just don't take walk-ins. <laughs> well, she means how do you manage it when you're... Sh- like so it, she means like somebody walks into your studio and you're not there? That, no, I think it's just basically if you are if you have a regular schedule and somebody just walks in and wants a photo shoot, like what do you do? Oh, I see. And, and the thing is, it says on the door to my studio, it's by appointment only. And right. when I'm there working... Uh, unless I've got a photo shoot or a client coming an appointment, the door is pretty much always locked, and the numbers on the outside. Um, I find that um, the way I, the way I like to work is I just you know I need appointments, and plus my studio isn't in a really it's in a high traffic area as far as cars, but not a foot traffic area. I'm no. kind of like and I'm off a major highway sort of industrial park, and so you know it's not really a big problem. I I would say that 
Walk-ins could be really, really good, but you need a couple of things. You need a studio that's in a foot traffic location, and then you need the ability to manage them as they come in. So it, always, it would always depend on your business model. I think it had to do with um, what kind of photography you do. If you do family portraits and kids or something, and, or, or passport photos, or even headshots, and somebody walks in, and they're like, hey, I need a headshot. If you're set up and ready to go, take yeah. it. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but there's most of the time at the studio, I, I'm, I'm by myself. Um, or it's, you know, or it's me and makeup artist and client, like there's nobody to field customers as they come in. So they don't really, I just do appointments, but it is doable. And I've seen plenty of studios do. My parents had their studio down in South Florida and they had a person at a desk that was out when you walk in, they had a, like not a, their studio manager worked at a reception desk and then they took everything as they come in. And if they could take somebody, they'd take them. So, well, if you're going to, if you've got a high traffic area, then you You've got to, if, you, if you're going to go that route, you've really got to go that route. Yeah, I'm in a high traffic area. I want walk-in traffic, and I need somebody manning the front door. Right. Well, they were in a mall. They were in a shopping mall. Oh, yeah. And it was, um, it, was, it was cool, but, I mean, most of the people would walk in, and it would just be informational. You wouldn't get a whole – because photo shoot is something that yeah. you they really They don't need. walk in ready to have their picture right. taken. you need to prep for, and you right. need to have – you know, people mostly don't want to just walk in. Oh, you mean right now? In my life's a beach tank top? No, thanks. I don't really want to do that, but – um, people like to prepare for it. People like methodically prepare for photo shoots a lot of times. They go through, a, not everybody, some people are idiots, but some, most people prepare. So um, there's not a lot of walk-in and shoot business. There's a lot, there, there is some walk-in and book business. And I would say that that's probably more likely. But anyway, that was just a question. Thanks, Janessa, for writing in. I appreciate that. It was awesome. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I got. What do you that's got? it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got a bunch. Here's the thing. I got email and I got Facebook and I got like 17 different places where my... Uh, where messages come in for the show, and I just don't have them organized. Cause, I shot a wedding at the beach, go figure, and um, we almost never get rained out, and, I mean, we got rained out. I mean, it was hard, 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 hard rain. And you know how you just have those experiences with a client where you're like, you have every reason to be upset today? Yeah, and, it's, it's and like rain. Yeah, you have every reason to be upset, on your wedding and yet day. you're not. Not only are you okay. not upset, you are happy and smiling and having a good time and taking everything in stride. And so, I don't know about you, but at that point, I'm determined to do everything in my power to make you happier. <laughs> Even though you already are happy and you don't blame me for anything. The fact that you are not stressing me by being unhappy and, and have decided I'm not going to let this bother me. I mean, this bride, she's texting me and, 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 you know, she's like two cars down. We're sitting in our cars at the beach and she's texting me and, and she just seems so happy and everything's fine. She's like, okay, well, and I, and she's like, you know, how, what's the latest we can do this? And I said, well, they closed the park at, 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 at dark. And I said, you know, finally I said, if it were me, I would go ahead and move over to the covered, covered area get married and then if it does stop raining for a few minutes we'll be able to go out to the beach for pictures as opposed to getting married on the beach in the two minutes that you have better to give me the two minutes on the beach because right. you know because trust me you, pictures of you getting married underneath the cover with beautiful like, sunset pictures of the two those of you are together, be your memories yeah are better yeah. than pictures of you getting married on the beach and no you know romantic stuff she said okay so and she was just happy and smiling and wonderful when she got married she wasn't upset at all everything was great and then it stopped raining it was still a little sprinkles stopped raining for the most part and we were not even we weren't even that close that we had to drive over to the beach and then walk 200 yards out the sand to get down to the water's edge to get these shots and it's kind of sprinkling a little bit and I'm like, let's go. And I mean, I'm, I got wet. I got sandy. I got. Was I, that your only yeah. shoot that day? Yeah, it was my only shoot. And, um, but I was more than, you know, I was more than willing to do it because you were, I, I will, I'll go farther for you if your expectations are low. 
Right. <laughs> and you are and you are in a good mood. Yeah. If I, I then really, if you are a grumpy, you're an opportunistic a-hole. photographer. You're like, okay, I don't have to try that hard to really impress this person. <laughs> Their expectations are in the gutter. Well, yeah, but no, no, no. It's exactly the opposite. Her expectations were nowhere now because of the rain and everything. But because she was so great about it, I was like, posted with the amazing sunset behind him with the red yes, sky. Yes, the red sky. That was, yeah, dope. That was exactly. Really cool, and, man. I was, and and I was like, you know, she has no expectations now. I can't fail here. No matter what she gets, she's going to be happy and because it will not be your fault because it's not my fault, and because of that, I'm going to make sure she gets so much more than she expected. That's great. You know what I mean? I'm, I I I want to just blow her out of the water. I want to be like, oh my god, I didn't think I was getting anything, and you gave me this you wonderful know thing. That yeah. You're my hero. But I find it interesting that I am more motivated by the people who expect less from me. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know what is cool? I got to say, all the weddings that I've been to, like. Um, by and large, the bride is very rarely the one who's a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost always someone else. It's like a planner or a friend they brought in who is the planner, or it's like a DJ, or it's the mother, or it's a sister, or it's always somebody else. It's, I mean, sometimes the brides are real, can be high maintenance, but for the most part, it's almost always somebody else. And I so, shall. like, the brides are almost always really super gracious and awesome. Like, because it's their wedding, they, they, don't, they want it to go off well, you know? I shot all their family portraits. <clears throat> I shot their walking on the beach, you know, out and back. I shot the bridal portrait. I shot the two of them together. I shot the backlit one that I do all the time. I did all that stuff in less than 15 minutes. You are, you are, <laughs> you, I would say this. People may take better pictures than you, but nobody takes better pictures faster than you. I will give you that. That is for sure. Yeah, that's my thing. It's a very narrow, it's a very narrow field of expertise, my, my field of expertise. Um, so I got to, but, I gotta but, but to, to wrap this up though, at the same time over at the other pavilion near us was another wedding mm-hmm. and very much do it yourself. They had poles in the back of the truck. And when we went out to shoot, the photographer over there took them out to shoot. And do you ever have that happen where, where, where I don't know how this makes me sound, but you're out there and you glance over and I've got the off-camera light and I'm posing them and doing the whole thing. And they're walking down the beach and the photographer is a few feet in front of them walking backwards with the flash on the camera with the modifier, pop, 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 pop. And you just know that looks like garbage. And I just know. And I'm just, and I just, and I just, I want to be like, Okay, when she's finished, just sneak over here and let me take a couple. <laughs> just take, so you judging. saw the sky. Yeah, you saw good. the picture. And I'm just, I just want to go, just come over you're here. Just, let me a, t- just let me get you one good portrait. You're just a little judgy there. I am a, a little, little judgy. judgy. <laughs> just a little judgy. Hey, I got one more question coming in from Philip Aviston. He says, hey, guys, question directed to Gary. If you don't mind, I have my mobile headshot gear and set up using speed lights. I'm never able to create a clamshell setup as I feel I have a heavier light stand plus a counterweight for safe support to prevent it all toppling over and and bending damage to my travel light stand. So I'm always on the lookout for an easily transportable set of gear so I can introduce my high-key modern look to my mobile range. In episode 78 or 79, you mentioned you'd created a mobile kit that enabled you to do that. Could you outline what stand and counterweight you're using, please? How heavy is this and how do you transport it easily? And more importantly... Is it safe? <laughs> All right. Wow. <laughs> As a side note, he says, my family always knows I'm editing images in my study when they hear the immortal words, this is the Photobomb podcast. Keep up the great work. Uh, thanks, Phil. Just, just really for nice. future reference, you could have just that could have been condensed down to, tell us about your travel kit, Gary. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to post a uh, link to... I have an Adorama uh, wish list page, right? And um, so, and I'll, and that's just basically all my mobile gear and what I use. But what I've done is specifically talking about the clamshell. Is I had a hard time finding a uh, a boom 
scenario to be able to really do a good proper clamshell because um, you can kind of angle it a little bit and shoot with a regular light stand, but it always ends up being kind of off. So you can't really get that straight-on light and shoot underneath it like with a clamshell light unless you're using a boom stand. So there are a couple ways that I did it, um, have done it in the past. But what I'm doing now to, so it all fits in my go bag so it's super light and portable, um, I have these. Have you seen the... Um, the, the the pop-up background kits, like the 5 by 7 pop-up mm-hmm. bags, they fold up like reflectors. Well, those will typically come, those systems, with a crossbar. And that crossbar sits, the center of it sits on a regular light stand, and it's so you can just hang that on the thing without having to bring out poles and do the whole big thing. It's a much more compact way to do it. So there's a crossbar that comes with those portable light stand setups that if slightly modified, you can actually slide it down. You can turn that into a makeshift boom arm. And as long as you weight the bottom of the light stand and counterweight the, the thing on the counterweight the one side of the boom arm, it actually it'll balance very easily with a speed light and a, and, a, and a light modifier. So it's a really cool like fits in the bag boom arm system that you can use, and I've done it before. What is there that much more value in clamshell lighting versus split lighting, where you're you know basically a, a sideways clamshell, where you're putting lights on either side, left and right, versus up and down. Um, it can be. It really, really depends on the look you're going to go for. You're going to get much more of a, um, a modern kind of glamour lighting with clamshell. But most of the time, I don't do clamshell. If I, t- if I go on, like, location for a, a headshot job, I find that... It's just a pain. You know, if, if, if a client specifically, like, they'll send me a sample and I know that it's clamshell or they'll pick something off my website and say that's what they want, then I will make the effort and go out and do it. Um, in the meantime, if you want something that um, is pretty portable it's not as portable as the system i rigged up and let me tell you what i rigged up is um i wouldn't necessarily call it super safe but you can weight it down pretty heavily and i use um what are really portable are uh heavy 10 15 pound ankle weights that i get from the um target or um any sporting goods store and they're a lot cheaper than buying the photographic ones and they're really useful because you just wrap them around in velcro them right to the bottom of a light stand and so rather than taking out big ones with rocks or sand or water or whatever you use. Or in a pinch, you can just get a, a, a four-pack of uh, sodas and wrap them around. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> well, when we did, we were in yeah. Las Vegas. When I fly, you didn't have, you you didn't have your things. And, I, and you're like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, wrap these cans. When I have to fly to travel for work to keep the baggage light, I don't put weights in the no, bag. No, of course not. I, buy, I bring a, a couple rolls of gaff tape and I use bottled water. And right. I just gaff tape bottled water to my light stands at the bottom and that keeps them... You know, that keeps them relatively uh, stable. But um, Avenger, which is by, who makes it? Does Manfrotto make Avenger stuff? I, I don't forget. know. It's, I think it's in my Adorama wish list, which I'll post on the Facebook page. Um, they make a really small but sturdy boom stand called the Avenger, and it's really, really good. It's, it's, not, um, it's not massive. Again, anytime you're using a boom stand and counterweights, you've got to be very, very respectful of it because... You know, you do not want to. You you want to have an assistant. You want to have. Your yeah. Hands. See, I don't. I've got the big boom. I don't. I don't like to use it because it's just. It's you if know, it falls not, over. You yeah. Know, and guess what? I, and I and I'm very careful. And over the last few years, I've had I've had my my portable boom stand fall over a couple of times, and it was because I wasn't paying attention. Like you know, it's just you just got to be real conscious of of keeping the counterweight. Now there are some out there that are relatively small that are like impossible to tip over. There's some really good ones, and, I, and I'll do a little research and I'll post that on the page too, but. I would find that unless the client really, really wants that clamshell look, you, you can find a, a, a way of doing it. But it also requires more room to use a boom stand. And, and so, you know, uh, it's doable on location. So use, I use that crossbar from that pop-up background, and that works really well. If, as long as you weight it right, I think you'll be – and you don't use a, a light that's too heavy, which is why I use a speed light on it. It'll be just fine. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. Google. Thanks, Phil. Good tip. Hey, it's about time to wrap up another a fantastic episode. A couple of things. A couple of things. A couple of things. A couple of things. Go Got ahead. some stuff to promote. Go ahead. Um, Boo Ray Perry's book on mitzvah photography. <laughs> <laughs> what about my book? Due out 2018. It's going to no, be. No, it's actually not coming out at all. No? You're no. not doing it now? I canceled it. Did you? I did. I canceled Why? my book. Yeah, I, I was so excited book. for it. I saw yours, and I realized the <laughs> amount of work you put into it. And I thought to myself, I'm never going to put that much work into, into a book. And for, no, you're never going to put that much work into anything. That's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Just a, uh, come on. True. No, I did. I know. I actually did cancel. I talked to him uh, this, uh, this week, or I mean, this comes out, it'll be a couple of weeks ago. And I talked to uh, Amherst, and I said, you know, I've been traveling, I've been talking, I think this is a great subject, but I don't think that we're going to be able to move enough books early to make it worth my while and your while, and I think we should do something different. And they said, absolutely. So let us know when you're ready. Oh, that's great. So, you know, so there may be a book forthcoming. It's just not on that topic. I've done too much traveling and too much talking to people and not enough people who are shooting bar mitzvahs for me to make it think it's worth everyone's while. It is super uh, niche. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It is. I think it's something that needs to, I think it's, I think that anyone going to do it could definitely benefit from a book. I just don't think there are enough people to make it worthwhile to write the book. So... Let's talk about a book that is coming out. Yes, that would be the Gary Hughes book. It's actually out. <laughs> yeah, it's out. Photographing Headshots. Um, it's available on Amazon. So waiting for those reviews, waiting to see how it goes. But um, I'm pretty excited that it's out. So, um, Also, Julie and I have put together, because we have for several years worked on um, these retreats in Italy. Mm-hmm. And so we've been hired by this company who puts on um, retreats and vacations for people to do a photography course at this retreat. And so we sort of teamed up with this company to put on our own retreat um, that's basically based for photographers. So it'll be really cool. It's, it's specifically for photographers, enthusiasts, and photographers who have a spouse or a partner who maybe isn't. So there's like stuff in there for and not for photographers. So it's all... You know, you, it's going to be awesome. Everybody gets happy. Everybody's happy. It's basically we're going to be drinking a lot of wine, taking a lot hey. of awesome pictures, eating a bunch of delicious food, and hanging out, having an awesome time. And we're going to have some photo shoots with models. We're going to have some light painting and some landscape stuff. It's going to be really cool. And it won't be classroomy. It's all going to be like, here we are taking pictures. So it's just going to be real relaxing, real fun. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of classroomy. It's not workshoppy. Yeah. It's workshoppy a, or classroomy. It's not, yeah, because guess what? Like, we're just going to go and take pictures and have a good time. So and in the out together, so. in the workshoppy and classroomy genres, these are the genres you will be avoiding. Yes, we are avoiding workshoppy and classroomy. More uh, hanging out, drinking, taking pictures. E. That's like hanging, the, hanging out. E. And hanging out. E. Taking <laughs> taking picturey. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to check that out, we can only. Sometimes take I a, just amuse myself. It's a small group thing. I think um, we've booked a, uh, a few spots already, and we've only been advertising it for like a week. Um, so I, it will fill up. Um, yeah. but if you book before October 31st, you save like 25% on the trip. Oh, that's a so big if saving. you go to, yeah, it's like almost a thousand bucks. So, um, if you go to onward to adventure.com, you will be able to get all the info, see the itinerary for the trip, pictures from past trips, pictures that we've taken on the trips. And, uh, and it's a pretty good time. It's going to be awesome. So I'm and you can always find this and all, all this information on our Facebook page. Yes. I will post that on the Facebook page. Yes, Everything goes on the Facebook page. We Facebook. don't even pay attention to our website. Hardly no, Everything we don't No, We really don't because and who, and there's no point in it. Facebook is where everything's going to happen. Everybody's going to hook up on Facebook. That's it. No one, no one goes, name a website that you check every day. Um, no. BBC News, CNN, um, Facebook. 
Yeah, yeah, Facebook, but like maybe a news website because that is so chock full of information. But even that, I don't check a website anymore. I check. Uh, I use Flipboard, which which aggregates all yeah, from everything. Yeah, I use the uh, the news app on yeah. uh, on my phone. No yeah. one goes and looks at your website Washington every day. Post, LA no. Times. So it's, you're just better off putting it on Facebook, which is where everybody is. Yeah. So you know, check it out. So you go to Facebook.com/slash Photobomb Podcast, and you and we always have everything updated there. Yeah, I, I don't want to be. Overly salesy. I just got a lot of crap going on. You do. <laughs> and it's going to be a good time. You're We're an important have, man, Gary Hughes. I am a moderately busy, somewhat important yes. uh, person. And as you previously established, you work much harder than I do. And I work ex- <laughs> so much harder. <laughs> you, you are, you're really kind of a bum, aren't you? I'm not a bum at all. Really, I work every day. I work seven days pajamas. a week. You're wearing pajamas. I'm not wearing pajamas. In the did a wedding yesterday on the beach up to my goddamn ankles <laughs> in the water in the snow with the lightning striking. I got a wedding on Saturday. I got a wedding on Sunday. I love that. Would you post that picture on Big the weddings. Facebook page? I love that picture. Okay. Would you post on Facebook yeah. page? That sunset was freaking yeah, I got amazing. full weddings this weekend, Gary Hughes. Not the little one-hour ones. And okay. then now I got to fly to Houston for a wedding, and then I got to two seven-hour weddings back to back. How come you didn't take me to Houston with you? I I'm not to... taking you to Houston. Why not? First of all, it wouldn't be worth your while because with the travel and everything, it was I, an ugly I, couple. I couldn't pay. No, I mean I couldn't pay you enough to make it worth your while. It would just be, and you don't have the time to just oh, for the hell of it. I'll just leave town for three days. No, four it, days to hang out with you. Yeah, that wouldn't mean any hanging out. It'd be working. Yeah, well, never mind. Yeah, I don't like to work. That's my I'm that's little, my point. I'm it's bit... not like it's not like oh, you took me to Vegas. Well, there's stuff to do in Vegas besides work the gig. Like eat chicken, you know, fried chicken. We're gonna be like. Stuck at some golf resort, and there's not going to be anything there. Well, I totally understand that, yeah. but never mind. Also, you don't want to take a second shooter who might do something better than you. <laughs> not, I do yeah. that all the time. Yeah. They put all the weight on the second shooter, so I don't get to. Yeah, because it would be like a contest. Then you, you know, I'd be like, I'd be like, let me see what you got. Oh, damn it, that's good. All right. <laughs> all right, now I've got to come up with something better. In a perfect world, as a wedding photographer, I would show up. I would do getting ready. Yeah, I would do the formals. And then I'd go home. Yeah, let them do it. Let all. them do the. That'd let them great. do the DPDs and the cake cutting and all that stuff. I'll just get out of here. I'll be home by eight o'clock every yeah. night. You know, that's what did you say? The DPDs, drunk people dancing. Oh, that's yeah. right, the DPDs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, you can always send us questions and comments and concerns. Send them to questions at photobombpodcast.com. You can find us on facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. You can find Gary at hughesfiorelli.com if you're lucky. You can find me at bureyperry.com. Uh, I what did I just sign on to do? Oh, it's too early. But next year I'll be speaking at the convention for the um, professional photographers, professional photographers of Mississippi, Alabama. Yeah, and that's great. Miss, wait, thank you. Yeah, wow, that's not right. until like next June, though. Well, I'm actually doing something. I think next week. For the professional photographer, Twin Cities PPA. So I'll, oh. be, I'll be in Minneapolis. I was going to say which Twin Cities? I'm hoping Minneapolis, St. Yeah, Paul, yeah, because yeah. those are the true Twin Cities. You know what are the other Twin Cities? Well, everybody who has Twin Cities. I grew up in Monroe, West Monroe, and they would call it the Twin Cities. You know, but no, there's only one true Twin Cities, and that's Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yeah, this is going to be a cool program in Twin Cities PPA because I'm going to be doing some really cool. It's going to be an entire day of just headshot stuff, so it's going to be um, all everything I've got. There's really it's, you're gonna if you come, you're gonna pretty much know most of the stuff that I know about. The running business and all your basic headshot setups. It's going to be really cool, hands-on, all, right. all day thing. It'll be really cool. And uh, I'm I'm looking at that, and I, I don't see it on their website, but <laughs> that's not <laughs> that's totally fine. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Totally You're going fine. to speak somewhere, totally and the fine. organization has not put the information on their website. Shocking! Um, Shocking, oh, Gary Hughes. Okay, so um um. I guess I'm not going to the <laughs> Well, we'll get it on. Our, we'll get it on Facebook. If and when that happens, we'll get it out there. Yeah, I'll get it up there uh, right. on the Facebook page here by the time this episode airs. All right. <laughs> That's it for this week. We will see you back here again next week, same time. See you later. Bye.